Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. We're going a little differently this morning uh, in that we're looking at the art world and particularly the saving of uh, Southern African art from the what is described as the crumbling Johannesburg Art Gallery. And I, I looked at this from a, an article written by journalist uh, Melody Emmett and was it just, it, it, it's a both good and bad, a uh, good and bad story, but it's, it's, uh, it, it's interesting nevertheless. And I start, I'd like to start by asking Melody your background and where, and where you come from to the point of writing this article. I'm a freelance journalist and writer. I do quite a lot of ghost writing, um, so sort of specializing in autobiography and memoir have had a long interest in sort of cultural issues and politics. I belong to the South African Freelance Association. I'm on the executive. I write for all kinds of uh, different avenues. What else would you like to know about me? I actually didn't realize there was a sort of distinct freelance element uh, you know, or um, community that, that, that had some level of organization or um, somebody that I assume keeps an eye on your interests. It's more relevant at different times, depending on what's going on. You know, mm-hmm. at the moment we have this relentless uh, copyright mm-hmm. issues, this um, proposed copyright, amended copyright legislation. Um, so we're involved with that. And, of course, there's the whole issue of AI, which uh, freelancers are taking up in other parts of the world. So we're looking at, at the impact of that, journalists. And, and we have a whole lot of different portfolios, professional development. And so Freya, you know, Like all organizations, it has its ups and downs, but we've been around for a very long time. I'm the sole director of the uh, Free Speech Union of South Africa, which is linked to the Free Speech Union in the UK. And I think we'll have increasingly more work to do on, on the issue broadly. But compared to the UK and New Zealand, which are the two entities I know, we are a haven <laughs> of free speech and, uh, and, and the lack of legislation. It's, it's actually quite, quite astonishing. Melody, but this, this morning what I wanted to ask you about was drawn from an article I picked up, I think, in Business Live from you about the removal of the South African, African art collection at the Johannesburg Art Gallery for storage by the Brentoast Library, by the Oppenheimers. Can you just tell me a little bit about how that came to pass? Well, you know, for quite a while it's been in the news that the art gallery is falling to pieces. And there have been various initiatives by the friends of the Johannesburg Art Gallery and others to to draw attention to it and see what they can do. And in fact, in, in sort of towards the beginning of last year, I wrote an article about the state of the art gallery for the Mail and Garden. So, and I'm quite connected to that sector. So I'm very interested in what's going on there. And of course, we're all being affected by the uh, sort of state of the, the general state of the city, you know, the neglect of the city and its, uh, you know, cultural and heritage sites and, and everything else. That came up again. I was uh, approached and asked if I would explore the issue again. I gather that it goes into a private repository specifically for Africana um, that was built in 1984 by, by Harry Oppenheimer. But I gather that sort of the core of the collection, if I understand correctly, was found in the UK owned by an ex-South African. Yes, uh, an ex-South African lawyer and judge. 
Uh, what happened is that, you know, when Christopher Till came in as director of the Johannesburg Art Gallery, he'd been in Zimbabwe and established um, uh, quite a impressive National Art Gallery there uh, with a large collection of, of African art. And when he arrived at the Johannesburg Art Gallery, he found that there was French art and Italian art and British art and absolutely nothing African whatsoever. And he was appalled and he looked for ways to replicate what he'd done in Zimbabwe to some extent. And um, he was advised by an academic at WITS at the time, Liz Rankin, mm-hmm. uh, that there was this um, uh, that there, there was this man, Jonathan Lowen was his name, uh, who had this collection in the UK. And um, she, she urged uh, Christopher to go and have a look at it, mm-hmm. which he did. And the, this man had, had accumulated stuff from all over the place, from auctions, from Portobello Road, from, from everywhere. And um, uh, Christopher went there with uh, one of the um, political councillors in the city at the time who headed up one of the committees responsible for the Johannesburg Art Gallery, a, a man called Dani Malan, mm-hmm. who was a very sort of died-in-the-wool nationalist and very opposed to anything African, uh, especially not traditional African. And so he vetoed. Harry Oppenheimer agreed to, to bring the collection out to South Africa, and uh, I, I understand that it's essentially it ended up in the gallery on permanent loan from from the Oppenheimers. Yes, the Brentist Library, right, uh, which belongs to the Oppenheimers. And I gather what's unusual or fairly unusual about this the, this collection is it's not um, African art it's and craft, it's South African art and craft. And, and generally, the attraction globally tends to be towards other parts of Africa that are fairly well known for their various, yes. various art forms. It's Southern African. Mm-hmm. Oh, Southern African, okay. Yeah, and so one or two East African pieces, I gather. But it's Southern African, so in a sense, it's a, a depository that South Africa was holding for the whole of Southern Africa. And it's interesting in the international context that, um, uh, you know, there's very, been very, very sort of um, uh, angry demands in recent years mm-hmm. for the return of uh, art to different African countries that were sort yeah. of approached during the colonial era. And, uh, and, and recently been returned from France and uh, Germany to Berlin, for example. Right. And here we have a situation where we've had this collection for 40 years. Mm-hmm. And the city can't keep it, uh, can't maintain it, can't take care of it. Okay. I think I remember when um, when Christopher Till added the wing on to the gallery that uh, yes. that was this uh, yes. this, ex- this exhibit. And it, it, for me, it was quite ex- fascinating because you did have South African owned. European art in the in the classical mold, but it was interesting to see it because it reflected a certain time and a certain um, I, I, I suppose the upper echelons of society. And then you had the separate wing that was so distinct and so different. And I think it helped to provide a sort of variety for the gallery that that gave it some uh, more relevance. I think. Yes, I think so. And then you know, with the centenary money, uh, Christopher then looked for other African art. And he found a collection of um, of masks, uh, of African masks that had belonged to a, uh, a missionary, actually, okay. uh, I think in the in north, somewhere in North Transvaal at that point. And um, and uh, and uh, well, that was also given on permanent loan to the gallery. Actually, that, that was given on permanent loan. And then when the man died, the family wanted to buy, it, wanted it back to sell it. So Christopher 
collect some of that money from the Anglo-American Centenary Fund to buy that exhibition. And he was very keen to try and move that exhibition out of the current art gallery as well. Right. And of course, there are all sorts of different terms and conditions attached to that. Do I understand correctly that it is the collection that the Oppenheimers agreed to buy that is that is that has been returned to the Oppenheimers for storage? And, and yes, restoration. It has, it's the one that they bought, mm-hmm. uh, but they provided money to buy a whole lot of other art. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the debates that is, uh, uh, you know, carrying on in the background is that uh, uh, might it be possible to remove all the art? That's mm-hmm. not. And as you probably know, there's a lot of discussion about moving all the art in the gallery to different places for safekeeping. Uh, and there have been various agreements, but uh, it seems as if every time an agreement is signed, a, a new mayor comes into office mm. and everything has to be reviewed again. So, uh, But it, it, it is considered a, a really urgent matter. Mm. Works are being uh, damaged and it's very dangerous. And you know, this is our heritage. Just on the political, on on the on the people from from council who'd be responsible for this. I, I, I mean, I've often heard the problem about you know senior person changing changing, and and then they want to stamp their authority on on the situation. Are there are there people who sort of who, who sort of know the art scene on the council and who sort of pres- preserve its preservation? Because I imagine there are a fair number who don't care one way or the other, or really don't care at all. Well, the first thing to say is that the curators, the staff of the Johannesburg Art Gallery, and in fact all the um, uh, museums owned by the city, first class Mm -hmm. and completely dedicated, but they're gagged by the city. They're not allowed to speak about what is going on. And um, there are some very proactive people within the city, especially at middle management level, Mm -hmm. who care very much. And uh, there are discussions taking place. Last year, there were discussions about uh, moving the art for safety to the old Anglo-American building, 44 mm-hmm. Main Street. And there were mixed views, apparently, expressed in those meetings, with some people from the city very keen to take up the offer, and others, uh, you know, very anti and, uh, you know, sort of very dismissive remarks of, you know, things like, uh, you know, it's a, it's a vanity, it's a, it's a colonial vanity project and things like that. I gather those, uh, those talks stalled. Mm. But subsequently other proposals have come in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's a mixture. Mm. I think there are people on the council who are very dedicated and very concerned. In fact, I think when I had this interview about a year ago, um, the, the lady I was talking to made the same comment about the uh, gallery employees, the people involved in actually running the gallery, being of a very high standard and very concerned. But I imagine with the council, you know, it's whichever the whoever the parties decide to put on a directorate or a, a committee or whatever it may be. I learned with interest that the art gallery essentially was housed moved into the Joburg Art Gallery um, in Jubeir Park in 1915 from Wits University. I hadn't realized that. And it gave me, made me wonder, perhaps, is there, even if not in sort of all the collections together, but is, is there not a possibility of the collection or parts of it being housed in various uh, of universities in Gauteng, something like that? I think there are various suggestions have been put forward. I think the National Museum in Pretoria mm-hmm. has also been proposed. Mm-hmm. I know that, uh, you know, the Geology Museum in Museum Africa is also in a terrible mess. You know, the fl- fl- uh, 
because of leaking and some of the uh, collections being stolen. So I know there's been a very proactive uh, engagement by the Geological Society, which includes uh, professors of geology at Wits and UJ, mm-hmm. to try and get some arrangement going around that. But I don't know in terms of the art, the artworks from the Job Art Gallery. Okay. And I was sort of just thinking maybe that's the, those are the ideal locations because it might help sort of uh, narrow the opposition, those who take a sort of very political, uh, yeah. ecological view. Yes. You know, it, it, it's less, it's perhaps more, looks more academic and less whatever yes. it might be. Yes. It were to go into something like that. Yes. Of course, the collection is huge. It would have to go all over the place. Oh, you know? okay. And the terrible thing about the situation with the Brentos collection, it's a library. The right. Brentos is a library. Yes. You go there by appointment. Nobody can go in there. They're not yes. going to display the works. They can't. Right. They don't have the space. So they're, going, they're, they're hoping to, to digitize them and make them available online. Ultimately, so, you know, they're going to be stored in boxes. So it's but really yes. a tragedy. And that's very sad because I saw some of the pictures from your article of some of the pieces and they, they're quite, they're beautiful and they're very different. And they're yes. not, not a look that you would associate necessarily with, with Southern African art and strikes me as, as, as being a hell of a pity. Yes. Do you have any sense of, of at what point things really for places like, uh, the Museum, Museum of Africa and uh, the Joburg Art Gallery. At, sort of at what point, was there a point at which a city council stopped paying much attention? Because I, I'd imagine arts and culture would really be, well, if not ignored, would really sit at the bottom of the pile as far as the politicos are concerned. So I wondered if there was a, a, a sort of p- particular group of people that came in at a point or whether it's just been a gradual failure to act. No, in fact, one of the uh, previous mayors, Palazzi, well, uh, the DA mayor. Um, Paul Palazzi. Yeah. Paul Palazzi was very proactive in trying to get these things sorted out and in, in, in trying to get these kinds of projects supported. So I don't think it's a gradual deterioration. There's definitely a crisis with resources, absolute mm-hmm. crisis. And uh, poor appointments uh, made about, um, you know, uh, con- construction service providers and architects. Uh, so I think the JDA is as a large is is is, a, is you know largely responsible for some of those uh, uh, really shocking yeah. contractors uh, who made things much worse. Uh, and of course there have been uh, uh, the, you know towards the end of last year the the JDA sent out a letter to. Um, uh, service providers had contracted, uh, saying that it couldn't pay them and they should either move off the site or stay on the site if they had the money, they paid them when they could, uh, especially in the sort of heritage sector. And so, you know, companies were going under, uh, there was a dreadful situation, too afraid to speak out in case they lost their work or didn't get any other work. But eventually, only in the last couple of months, I gather that uh, some of these, uh, People working on cultural heritage sites were paid and have continued with the job. It sounds very much like a story of our times. Yes, it is. So, yeah, uh, you know, as long as you've got such terrible political instability yeah. uh, and such constrained resources, you know, every level of society is going to be affected in the city, I think, and obviously... Jasper Park Gallery is one of the. Is one of those. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the idea of an uh, an arts and culture mafia is, is very, very strange, but that's bound bound to happen. But just just to talk about the situation, the geographical situation of the gallery itself. Yes. Um, 
I mean, clearly over the last 20, 30 years, uh, Joubert Park has gone from, I guess, very much a middle class uh, suburb to a suburb of a lot of poor people. Um, yes. So the, the area is degraded, degraded with or without reference to to the gallery. I mean, much as I used to like the gallery very much, um, it, it surely, has, if, if anything sort of resurrects or someone is prepared to take it on, it would have to be... It would have to be somewhere else. It just, it just couldn't. It, it, it is such a, a, a problematic part of town. Um, people yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't go there otherwise. Yes, it is. Uh, it is very. Um, it is. I mean, across the road is the drill hall, of course, as what is, yes. is, is, is a, you know, one of our major heritage sites, which is also, um, you know, as we know, been absolutely brutalised really by, well, you know, homeless people, crime, and everything else. Mm. Uh, Sally McRoberts, uh, you know, the librarian and director of the Brenters, right. uh, said that she had uh, gone to the gallery by Uber with a guest from overseas uh, to have a look at the collection, in fact. And, and uh, you know, it was, it was fine. They got there. And then afterwards, when they phoned the Uber, the Uber wouldn't come anywhere near the place. They it said it was too dangerous and the taxi rank and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, it's dangerous. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's not, it's going to attract tourists. No, absolutely. It's, it's, it, I mean, 40 years ago, it was an area that had hotels, restaurants. Yes. And you could walk through the park pretty much day or night. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a very different place now. So it should have a, so it should be a different home somewhere else. Could the, the entire collection be housed somewhere or somewhere, some singular gallery or, Ideally, is it, is it likely to be broken up and not and not able to be contained in a single space as it once was? Well, you see, when there there was this excitement around these discussions around 44 Main Street, yeah, because uh, the entire collection apparently could have been housed. They're not on show, mm. <laughs> uh, but it could have accommodated. Uh, but the, that fell fell to pieces, and now it seems as if it's the national, it's the national museum, is it in Pretoria? Uh, that is being looked at. Yeah. Uh, but there again, I think it will remain in storage. Mm. So it's in storage until another era. Yeah, which hopefully will be sooner rather than later. Yes. Melody, thanks very, very much for coming on. Um, Thank uh, you. It's a, it's a different issue, and I think it goes to those of us who've, you know, I mean, I know, you know, South Africans and, and, and art are made for each other. So it's, it's always been, it was always a reflection of the various times we lived through and affecting different people. So it's, it's nice to know that some of it's being looked after, but that we have a long way to go on this. Thank you Thanks. so much for having me. I've enjoyed talking to you. My great pleasure.